Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. In this episode, Dr. Angie Ritchie, President of Life Pacific University, shares with Doug how keeping her focus on her destination and praising through the storms has opened doors of promise in her life assignments. She shares on faith, not wasting a crisis, forgiveness, and a healthy mindset. After this episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit awardinseasonpodcast.org to download a free 30-day devotional that will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. If we can pray for you as you seek God's will, just email your request to prayer at somebodycares.org. We'd be honored to lift you up in prayer. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. Angie Ritchie, the president of Life Pacific University, is on with us now, and we need people like Angie Ritchie and others like Life Pacific University, other Christian universities. We need leadership raised up today who have a passion for God's presence and the heart of God to impact the culture. Many of you have read her biography already. She has served as the 11th president of Life Pacific University in California since 2019. She is a gifted educator, is focused on raising up leaders and an innovator with proven track record of adaptive leadership. She's licensed MFT. She has two master's degrees, one in education with a focus on curriculum design instruction and the other in marriage and family therapy and her PhD. Work is in counseling and psychological studies with a specialized concentration in life coaching from Regent University. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Doug, I am just so excited to be here. I love everything that you're about, your ministry, everything that you do for leaders. I'm so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. You've been in ministry, you and your husband, for many, many years. Tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and then why you do it. Oh, such a great question. Well, my husband and I have been in ministry for over Oh, 25 years. I was just, I think we got engaged 30 years ago this month. So it's very special time. And really what brought us together was he was a third generation missionary kid. His parents are four square missionaries. And I came from a small town in Eastern Oregon. He came from the mission field and we met here in Los Angeles at the Bible college back in the early nineties. And I think for me, I've always had a passion for people. I am an extrovert. I love people. If you were to ask me when I was in high school, what do you want to do with your life? I knew it had to do with people. I've always been drawn to the education field. And because I truly believe that the education environment, the learning environment is so transformative. And I wanted to be about that. Uh, Something that was an earthquake event in my life that I think really got me serious about my calling was when I was 16 years old. My dad, who was very involved in our local church, he helped plant the Foursquare Church in Northeast Oregon. He was diagnosed with cancer and he had a very quick um, ending. It was an 18-month process and he passed away. And I remember thinking at 16, Lord, I want my life to count. I don't know how long I have, but for however many years I'm here, I want to make a difference for you, Lord. And I want to help people become all that they were meant to be. And so that led me on my journey uh, here at Life, launched me into both ministry and education. And I've just been so passionate about one, educating myself, because I don't know, all of you on this call, you know, the power of education uh, to transform a life. And that actually helped me develop my purpose. It grew my network. It gave me courage. It gave me those cheerleaders and those mentors that led me forward. And then it led me here back to life where I would started teaching as an adjunct faculty member while also doing a lot of other teaching around 
the local Southern California area. And you know what? I think my calling found me. If you were to ask me, Doug, would you have been the president of Life Pacific? There is no way. But here I am, and I'm so grateful to lead a university that is all about the transformational development of students into leaders prepared to serve God in the church, the workplace, and the world. So that's a little about my journey. It has been about faith. It's taking bold steps and doing everything afraid, but saying yes to the call of God. And you asked me, what's my why? My why is transformation of people. It happened for me, and I want to help people enter into their own transformation. Amen. We were talking before you got on about the amount of leaders that are leaving the ministry on a pretty drastic percentage of people, well over 1,700 now per month. So what you're doing is so critical. One thing I look at, I look at the fruit and the fruit that remains. And everywhere around the world that I go, I notice people from Christ for the Nations or have been trained there or from Life Bible College or Life Pacific University. There's certain places that you see the impact that the that the training has had all over the world in missions and pastoring and kingdom development. Uh, and so I see that the passion God's given you as you truly the calling has put you in there. God called you into it rather than you trying to seek it. God sought you out and put you there. What is part of your personal journey where you under, got the revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection? Where What was that moment for you where you got a revelation that God was real? Oh, well, you know, I was so blessed to be raised in a Christian home and we all have to have our own God moment where we know for ourselves, it's not the faith of our parents. It's not the faith of our pastors. So I had my first real encounter. I think I was in junior high. I was at a camp, praise God for camps, right? Those moments where you get to immerse yourself in a place separate from your normal life, where you get to hear God, you get to encounter God and you have leaders that guide you. So it was in eighth grade where I really uh, surrendered to the Lord and um, embraced the gifts of the spirit in my life. And there was an awakening. There was awakening in my spirit that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, you there was an aliveness that happened in my life. Now, it didn't mean that I was done, but it led me on into a pursuit of the things of God. And then once my dad passed away, and I realized, Lord, you've got to be real because I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I don't know what my life will be. I think I, my surrender to God in a loud room for him to move and in my life, understanding the riches of his glory, his sacrifice for me, that was another awakening. Um, also, my dad modeled it. My dad was a, a strong believer and I was so determined to follow in his footsteps and to ensure that his life counted. And so that led me into the deeper things of God. And you can't just have an experience. You have to study the word. And so that began my journey of going to life Bible, immersing myself in the scriptures. And really as, isn't it a process, everyone, isn't it about every year you're learning something every day you're surrendering to God. And I don't know about you all, but the last 18, you know, 20 months, Talk about radical transition that we have had to anchor ourselves to the, to the Lord and, and to the cross. And so it's a daily, daily surrender. So you've been an adjunct professor and teaching all these years and obviously and connected to Life Pacific University as well. And you got thrown right into this right before COVID. And so you've had to really adjust 
and hear and get the mind of God, the heart of God, and how to adjust in, in these difficult times. And that comes up to my next question. We, none of us sets out to say, I can't wait to fail, or I can't wait to have a disappointing moment. We, we have visions of grandeur. No boy or girl ever says, I can't wait to, but we always have dreams and visions. Life happens at times, and we are met with unexpected detours. Can you remember maybe a moment uh, or a couple of moments where something happened you did not expect and having to maneuver through that with with commitment, uncompromisingly, an uncommon anointing of God to get you through those moments? You know, because you're you're a very positive, motivating, educated, but motivational type person. You have a lot of passion and heart and people capture that from you. Can you share maybe one or two moments where the wind got knocked out of you and you were having to really hold on to the horns of the altar for the Lord to get you through that unexpected detour. Oh, Doug, thank you so much. I can remember so many times in my life, you know, just being um, just on this journey in life with, you know, being married with kids and in, in ups and downs of life. But I would say the most, one of the most memorable really is a week before everything really shut down with COVID. I remember thinking, this isn't real. Everybody's making a big deal about this. And I remember talking to my students saying, everyone needs to just calm down and trust the Lord. And then a week later, we're like, okay, wait, no, this is serious. And so within a week, we had to send all 300 students that were living on campus home. We had to take hundreds of classes, put them online in a matter of like weeks, because we were LA County. So we had to send everyone home. We really locked down. So that was a moment of say, it was go time. Thankfully, my personality lends itself to go time scenarios. I don't know what it is. And maybe God knows, you know, for such a time as this, right? People always say, Angie, you're the perfect presence for this season. I'm like, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot. I didn't ask for this. Um, but I could not have imagined sending all of our students home. And listen, that wasn't just the challenge. The challenge was, how do you mobilize 40 plus faculty? that are on the spectrum of how they adapt to change. In academia, we don't like to change very much, right? You think institutions, they're locked in, they're entrenched, they're strong, they're difficult to move. But I'm gonna tell you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit filled my life, my cabinet's life, and we were able to, with God's grace, mobilize the campus and keep faculty from quitting Get, and getting those classes online for those students. So that was powerful. Um, it is a faith walk. In those moments, I don't, you all can relate to me. It's you, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to pull this off. But it is, the word tells us in Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith to me, it's the language of the kingdom. So you have to declare, you have to speak, you have to go in the direction, even if you're afraid, even if you're unsure. I love in the Old Testament how Judah always went first. Whenever there was a battle, they put the tribe of Judah first. What does Judah mean? Judah means praise. Yes. Praise always goes first. So for me, it was about praise and it was about faith. And you know what? God defeated the giants in the land, and we prevailed. And so now we're back on campus. We completed well, and I'm very proud of our staff and faculty. I remember when I was a young believer, I just celebrated 40 years of ministry. I remember in the early 80s, I read a book by Chaplain Carruthers on praise. He would say, thank the Lord, praise him through whatever. I'm thinking, how do you praise God through those things? But 
I, I realize you're so right. You know, the tribe of Judah is a reminder of us, even going into battle, praise God through it, praise him through it, praise him through it. And I think all of us realize that it's important for us not to lose perspective because the Lord still is on the throne of our lives, on the throne of all circumstances, regardless of what it looks like at the moment. Through that difficult time of all these traumatic, seemingly external stressors and traumatic moment for the whole staff, the team, the school, carrying that burden on yourself as well and your team, you're probably reaching more people now and been catapulted into innovation that is going to actually be helpful in the future of, of the school and also of Christian education. Doug, I, yes and amen. So you all are leaders and we learn never waste a crisis. Even though it was so difficult and so hard and no one would wish this on anyone or any culture, any world, I will say I was able to leverage the crisis. And this is where God is so faithful. What seems like a curse, God is so faithful to bring blessing. And really, I think it's about our attitude. It's about the way we see, is this happening to me or is this happening for me? Now, faith would say, this is happening for me. God, have your way in my life. And so for us, I just every day, even if I, if you know LA area, I'm driving on the 210 towards Pasadena, about 15 miles to Pasadena, I'm in reckoning, right? I'm in the battle. By Pasadena, I turn into, and God begins to turn my sorrow, my stress into faith, whereby the rest of my trip all the way from Pasadena to Santa Clarita, I am in praise and I'm in declaration. And I think us doing that helped open the door to possibilities, right? When you're in faith thinking, when you're in possibility, there's something that happens to your brain. All the learning centers go off and you're creative, you're collaborative. So what God did was so incredible. I was able to leverage more creativity, more innovation, more fundraising, faculty that would never budge in terms of getting going online are now thinking, I can do this. This wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh, we were able to get new partners. We overhauled our technology. We launched the Amy Semple McPherson Media Center campaign, and we, we've raised almost, our goal is $1.5 million. We've raised over half of that to get the word out. So Doug, you're right. What was so challenging actually accelerated us forward to reach more people for the gospel of Christ and to reach more leaders uh, because we have a leadership gap and we need more Christian leaders to do the work of the ministry now more than ever in all walks of life. So I leveraged a crisis, but I didn't do it. God helped me. You brought up a couple of great points and it's kind of resonated with me. One is praise through these situations. But we also have to show, like the, the one of the 10 lepers who came back and showed gratitude, thanking the Lord for what he's doing through it always. We can see a crisis and we, God, help me, help me, help me. But also having an attitude of praise and gratitude because the 10 lepers, they were all healed. But the one that came back with the heart of gratitude was made whole. There's a difference between being healed and being made fully whole. We need the church to be whole like never before. And Luke 21 talks about all the crisis that would happen from wars and rumors of wars to pandemics to earthquakes and pestilence. But then it says that in verse 13 of Luke 21, Jesus in his own words, what I believe speaking to us as the church, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. So you said take advantage of the crisis, turn a crisis into opportunity. We see that in the midst of the most difficult of times, 
that's when the church can shine. But then we were created for this. I was thinking about Wayne Cadero. You know Wayne? Yes, know him well. I remember when he and I, uh, back when he first started his church in Honolulu, from when he came from the Big Island, we were mopeding around a little bit. And, and then later, I, I loved his book, uh, talking about attitudes for success. But I, I quote him in, in my book, Leadership Awakening, about something he shared about the importance of attitude. And so many times, and I think it was Albert Einstein who said, a weakness of attitude will always become a weakness of character. And so I think it's important for us to, to praise God through it, have a heart of gratitude, keeping our perspective, and also making sure that we also have a right attitude, keeping our perspective, because their perception is not always the truth, but it is reality to those who perceive it. And so I think it's important for us as leaders, especially to keep our vision on God's promises of where we're going rather than what we're going through. What's on your heart as an encouragement to leaders right now who might be going through difficulties, going through these challenges, that they too can get through this process? Their leadership is needed now more than ever. What would you say right now to those who might be going through challenges of how to keep their vision of destination and that that we can get through this? So I would say for all leaders, your number one priority is your mindset. It's your heart. You know, there's two formulas I'm going to share with you. There's one that I've repeated my whole life is R is greater than C. Your response is greater than your condition. Mm. God always cares about the response of your heart. And then here's another one. You guys will love this. Students love it. E plus R equals O. You the event plus response equals your outcome. So I want to encourage all leaders, all students, anyone who I come in contact with is focus on your psychology and your response, because that will change everything. You know, the world may not change. The circumstance won't change, but if your mindset and your heart changes again, the quote change the way that you see the world, the world you see will change. And so I just want to encourage leaders to do whatever they can to take time to get aligned with God, to get God's heart, God's mindset, because that is the game changer. That's the differential. Listen, the circumstances may not change. We know the story in the Old Testament about the spies, right? Came back, it's not gonna happen. There's giants in the land. And yet Caleb and Joshua were like, we got this. So we have to remember it's our mindset. I wanna leave with a verse that was our theme for all through uh, last year. And it was 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 15. And I think it's a great charge to leaders today. And this is what Paul said to a church that was in a cultural war. They were in crisis. This is what he says to the leaders. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything in love. So I encourage, I I have to speak that I need to be on my guard. I need to be watchful. I need to stand firm in the word and in the faith. I need to be courageous. Some of us leaders have to do things afraid. I do things afraid every day, but I still do them. That's what God cares about. You'll feel bold as you do it, but you you rarely feel bold before you do it. So just do it afraid and then be strong. Lastly, do everything in love. So Doug, I would encourage, focus on your attitude, your mind, your heart, your mindset, and everything will change. I appreciate Angie is that you don't just speak out of a textbook theory, but you have actually been a practitioner as in education, but also a practitioner for many, many years. In fact, uh, I want you to share a little bit about a movie that you filmed a documentary on forgiveness 
and it was produced by an Academy Award-winning producer, Arnold Shapiro. Tell us a little about what precipitated that documentary, and I believe that message is needed now more than ever. Well, this was just a God thing. You know, you can't plan these things. So actually, the uh, a producer found my bio online and reached out and asked if I would be willing to do meet for an interview. So I met producers down in Beverly Hills. Arnold Shapiro is very iconic. If you've ever, he's a, responsible for a lot of game shows, but the Academy Award winning show uh, Beyond Scared Straight. If you've heard anything about that, he was responsible for all that, those series. So they were doing a show on forgiveness. And the, the premise of the show was people that wanted to extend forgiveness to people that had hurt them. So really it was about the process of letting go and to release. And what we discovered in the process of the show, as we would go on location for people that had massive trauma, uh, we, we interviewed someone who had been severely bullied. She actually faced her bullies and said, no matter what, I want you to know that I forgive you. Oh my goodness. Talk about transformation. One gentleman who was there when Robert uh, Kennedy was shot, he could not forgive himself. He was a little busboy, Juan Romero. Uh, he's very well known, so almost famous, but he he's no longer with us. But he was there when Robert Kennedy, he actually reached out his hand. And at that moment, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. He was on the ground and there's a picture, a historic picture of this little boy holding his hand. And Juan always felt deeply responsible. If I had not have reached out, if I had not called him na his name, mm -hmm. he might be alive today. At seven, 67 years old, we, we went to the gravesite in Arlington and he forgave himself, which was false. He didn't need to forgive himself, but he held on to a belief that it was wrong. So for me, that whole process was, again, discovering that forgiveness isn't just for others, but it's for ourselves. And so as leaders, if we can walk into our worlds with not only forgiving um, others for how they've wronged us, we've all been hurt in this season. How many of you have been criticized or you're not doing enough for, you know, how it goes. Um, if you can extend forgiveness, boy, you know what that does? That releases you. And it releases God to move. And that's what I saw in that documentary. So I love working with people and helping them process their own challenges for freedom. And uh, it set them free. It was amazing. That's amazing. Is it online somewhere that people can order it off of? I think so. I think it's online. You, you know what, Doug? I can also send you uh, the, the link. The documentary is called I Forgive You. I Forgive You. Okay. I Forgive You. It, uh, it aired on... A couple of networks and then GMC. Um, it was like just a feel-good show, um, but really powerful for me being a part of the process. I really, my role was as a therapist, a mediator, bringing people together. So, you know, I just got to be a part of sacred moments and it changed me as well as them. So pretty powerful. Well, as I said a moment ago, we probably need that message now more than ever, even in the corporate context. And I'm going to ask you to pray for all these leaders that are on the call, but also those that will be watching or in different avenues, including the podcast. Would you pray for leaders that really need to go deeper in the Lord, keep their vision of hope and destination? Would you pray into that now? And then I want to conclude in having us pray also for our friends in, in Canada and other nations that are watching right now and they'll be watching because they're going through quite a bit of difficulty and challenges I know, Angie, you know what it's like living in California and all the lockdowns and the challenges there. We can compound that if you look at places in some places of Canada and other places as well. So would you pray for leaders, Angie? I would be happy to. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you for this community of leaders. And we thank you for the ministry of this show, this podcast, for all those that have been listening, God, you have been in our midst. And so we pray a blessing of protection, but also courage that we as leaders would walk forward, Lord, according to your will, that we would embrace your heart, that we would embrace your mindset, that you would transform us from the inside out and that everything that we do and say would bring, bring glory to you. Where there is discouragement today, Lord, we pray hope and speak hope. Lord, where there is sadness or depression, we pray life and optimism. Lord, where there's challenges and obstacles, Lord, we declare this morning victory in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for going to before us as we praise and worship you. You fight our battles. And so may you raise our faith, Lord, even today. And those that listen later, Lord, may their faith rise and may they declare that they will see the goodness of you in the land of the living. We love you, Lord. And we pray, God, for this ministry that will continue to extend transformation throughout the United States and the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. And, and Angie, thank you so much. How can people find out more about Life uh, Pacific University? Definitely go to the website at lifepacific.edu. I'm going to put it in the chat right now. And what's so wonderful that life has something for everyone, anytime, anywhere, from certificate programs, undergraduate online, on campus and master's programs in theology, leadership, biblical studies. So we are all about leadership. So, and we're affordable and Christ-centered. So check out the website or feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm going to put my email in the chat as well. Thank you, Doug. I believe God is speaking to us that it's a time not just to think about crossing the Jordan, but it's time to possess the land. It's time to really see that in God's promises and it's time to possess what God has promised. As we've always said, winners only see where they're going, not what they're going through. Yes, we go through challenges, obstacles, and difficulties, giants in the land, but God is still bigger than the obstacle and bigger than the giants. The greatest days are still ahead, and that no matter what we're going through, God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. And I'm reminded of even as we finish the eighth uh, day of the uh, Neskadal Hayashem, which is uh, the term, a Hebrew term for Hanukkah. That's, it's a reminder to them every Hanukkah that one day's oil turned into eight days. And uh, they say that term means a great miracle happened there. So no matter what we're going through, we can all remember the greatest miracle of all, that because of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, you and I have this privilege of our calling because of the joy of our salvation. And that God has given us the privilege to be a part of the things that he's doing in the midst of the days in which we're living this is our moment. This is our opportunity. This is, as you said, it's about praising God, attitude, persevering in the Lord. It's a mind and heart issue. Let's make sure that we keep our perspective, keep our focus, fix our eyes on Jesus and the author and finish of our faith in Jesus name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.